All right, and welcome to the first episode of Checkpoint, the podcast highlighting and telling the stories of influential leaders in and around the sports industry. Today, we would like to welcome our first guest, who is a personal friend and mentor that I met along my athletic journey while attending the University of South Alabama. He has used sports as a pillar for the majority of his life and is now using his voice and platform to help shape the future for student athletes. He played his college football as a linebacker at the University of Auburn and had a brief professional career in the CFL with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. After hanging up his cleats, he continued to stay involved with the collegiate athletics on the administrative side, was stopped along the way at the University of South Alabama, the University of Illinois, and is now currently serving as the Deputy Athletic Director at Ball State. It is my absolute pleasure to welcome my friend, Haven Fields, to the show. Haven, how are we doing today? We're doing great, Scott. I, um, you know, want to thank you again for uh, giving me an opportunity to uh, share a little bit about myself, um, you know, about my background, uh, and obviously having the chance to, uh, to spend some time with you is always great. And uh, we could just tell where things are right now within our country, more so within college athletics. So, um, man, I really appreciate the time. <laughs> And, and we appreciate you hopping on. You know, I mean, this is uh, this is 2020, the year of unknowns and shakeup. And, uh, you know, for everybody out there, you know, Checkpoint was born because of the company that I'm actually building, Check, which is helping student athletes and universities distribute funds um, in a more efficient way. And and I couldn't think of a more appropriate guest to bring on first, um, you know, with all the shakeup going on in 2020 and, um, you know, Haven the Mac canceling football. Really curious to hear how you guys over there at Ball State are handling um, so much adversity and, and moving parts, you know, with the, I mean, hell, everything changing day to day. <laughs> no, it's, it's just a, uh, it's a great thought. Great question. Um, you know, and I think, you know, as, as you saw over the last, you know, few weeks or month, we've seen conferences make the decision uh, to either cancel or delay fall sports to the spring. Um, and I think based on where you are, you're handling it a certain way. But I think we're all uh, just trying to be as thoughtful as we can uh, about around what this might mean for our student athletes. Uh, we all want to mitigate risk. We all want to do what's best for them. Um, obviously, financially, that that could become an issue for or has it. It's, a, it's an issue for a lot of universities on the athletic side when you're you're losing revenue um, and the thought that you might not have uh, other avenues where you can generate that. So. Uh, definitely of concern. I think the, the the biggest piece for us again is how do we take what we know is not happening in the fall and still find a way to give our student athletes that will be on campus the best experience possible. You see a lot of institutions going to online courses, um, but you also have a lot of institutions that, that are bringing students back. Uh, and the ones that are, you're thinking about the fact that you're going to have them on campus uh, you know, the fact that they'll have an opportunity to still go through workouts and prepare for what could be in the spring. So uh, we've taken the approach, uh, you know, uh, we've taken the advice of our leadership, you know, from our president or uh, Jeffrey Mearns to our athletic director, Beth Getz. Um, you know, leadership does matter in a time of, uh, of chaos or what I would call uh, crisis management. Uh, and we're seeing that right now at the highest of levels and the decisions that are being made to bring students back with return to campus plans. Um, you know, we've had a lot of task force over the last three, four months that have been preparing for this moment as we start classes next Monday, August 24th. But we, with, with an athletic department, we've worked really, 
we've worked diligently to put plans in place around a return to play, return to practice, and what that will look like for our student athletes. Um, our, our strength and conditioning staff and more so our sports medicine staff uh, uh, have been in tune because we have had students here voluntarily, voluntarily working out, meaning that they don't have to be here as uh, you've been a part of that yourself uh, and yeah. understand what that means in the summers. Um, and obviously as we transition to hours or countable hours for sports, that will be different in the fall. Um, but we've just really worked diligently to create those plans around safety, uh, how students come in buildings, how they exit buildings. And on top of that, how we screen them, you know, temperature checks, uh, making sure students understand who to text, who to call if they're not feeling a certain way. Uh, you know, you've got through COVID, uh, you've got asymptomatic and you've got symptomatic and what that might mean for a lot of the young people who have not seen many symptoms, but thinking that they can just come in and work out um, is not always the case. So we've worked to test. Uh, we've worked to uh, make sure that we understand uh, uh, what our student athletes are doing and educate them in every way possible uh, on what COVID is, what social distancing is, how often they should wash their hands when they're not on campus, things that they need to be thinking about uh, and how if they're not wearing a mask out in public, if they're not social distancing, what that only not only means for them, but what that means for the entire community, as well as other student athletes that they're going to be interacting with on a day to day. So. Well, and I think and I think that's interesting there. You know, I mean, you bring up a ton of, you know, relevant points in what's going on. And, um, you know, I think one of the things that I've noticed as we're going through this is you, you have to buy into the community. Right. And you have to buy into something a little bit bigger than yourself um, because it might not directly impact you or it might not directly impact your neighbor. But um, for those professors, for those folks that, that are more at risk here, um, you know, it does take leadership. It takes a, a strong voice and presence, as me and you talk about offline with Beth, um, just sort of being that North Star for the athletic department um, to really hone in on that Ball State community and make sure that in times of uncertainty, you guys are taken care of. Um, which, you know, I, I know from personal experience working hand in hand with you on the, you know, student athlete advisory committee and some of the other ventures that we had been a part of, um, ball states in good hands. So you guys are, you guys are doing good things over there. And, and you know, I, I sort of want to take that as a bridge into, you know, using this as a true checkpoint, right? So like a checkpoint is like coming in and putting your finger on the pulse of where you're at now, but also right. understanding how you got here. So yeah. are there a couple moments in your career, Haven, you know, whether it be an athlete, um, a coach, an athletic director, um, or anything above that has prepared you to deal with something like COVID um, with so many unknowns? That That's a great question. And uh, I think a great segue, um, you know, I have, um, what I, what I call my board of directors, people I lean on for uh, and not for them to just tell me how uh, good I'm doing within my profession, but uh, to ask me the hard questions, to challenge me, to encourage me, um, to check me when checkpoint me when things are not right. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think that um, there, there are a lot of people that I could point to. Um, I think early on in my career, when I made the pivot from being a grad assistant at Auburn, and working in this, uh, working in a space where I would be connecting with alums and donors. Uh, uh, shout out to Kay Hargrave, uh, who was uh, my first boss within college athletics, uh, and taught me a whole lot about how to interact with constituents and alums and donors, prospective donors. I think that's where it started, and I use that as the example, Scott, because I think more now than ever, uh, we're being expected to not only deliver information but to really listen. Um, people feel and where people are um, and, and be able to give them messages of hope. And that being a donor, that being an alum, 
uh, you know, a community member or even our student athletes in a sense. Um, I was having a conversation with a young man today, just uh, through some through some things that are going on, just really needed to be an ear outside of a coach, um, outside of a trainer. You know, I thought it was important for him from him for him to hear from a an administrator uh, and let let him talk, let him yeah. share with me what's going on with him. So I, I use it as a, a bridge to say, I think for us from that time frame early on, I realized that skill set would help. And it has, you know, we, here we go 16 years later and doing a lot of the same, uh, thinking about how we handle these discussions, how we communicate, uh, how we listen. I think that that is a big piece of it right now, uh, being able to share as much as we can. But I think being able to, uh, being able to comprehend the things that are being given to us and how we relay it is also really important right now because we're getting so much information from uh, the Mid-American Conference. We're getting a lot of information from uh, the NCAA, uh, you know, as they continue to make decisions around uh, what, what, you know, what we're going through right now and as we transition to the spring, what that might mean for uh, universities in particular within their athletic departments. Well, and, I, and yeah, and I so agree, right? And you always, you know, one of the things we talked about a lot and, and the things you gain from sport as it translates into business and other, um, you know, personal aspects of your life is, you know, practicing the two ears and one mouth, right? And, and so and so I think, you know, you know, you have put in so much time and dedication to this craft, to these, um, you know, organizations and um, athletes that now you have absorbed so much that with all this shakeup, you actually have the ability to come in and shape what that future is going to look like. And I think a lot of people want to come in right away and say, hey, you know, this is where I'm coming in and this is where the change is going to be made. But, you know, you're one of the hardest working individuals that I've met both on and off the field. And so and so I just think it's really apropos that as the NCAA is going through shakeups with name image likeness, as we're experiencing new ways to communicate and interact as humans, um, right. how cool that now you've put that work in and you're giving back and paving the way for what future athletes are going to experience, which um, pretty cool, man. You, know, you ever think that seven years from <laughs> South Alabama and Mobile that we'd be doing this? It's just no, crazy. you don't. You, you don't. And you mentioned something about the name image likeness. And I think that there's been obviously I, I think that's a hot topic outside of COVID right now. Um, you you know, I, I we I've had this conversation with lots of student athletes over the years. You know, you when you when you make the transition from uh, from high school to college, I think that's where it starts. Um, you're building your brand at that point. Now you've entered into um what what is going to be the next chapter of your life or i should say the next journey uh of your life where you're 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 day to day you're being asked to do a plethora of things that being uh, you're a student you're being asked to go to class you're being asked to participate in certain projects or there are certain processes that you have to go through uh, and then you're also transitioning into how you work out uh, the people that you meet uh, prior to football games or prior to prior to the season during the season, um, you, you you attend a lot of events. You're exposed to so much, and people are always watching you. So you're build, you're building a brand at that point. You know the, the conversation around name, image, and likeness. I think is intriguing in the sense that um, you're think about mark. I think about this in the way of markets. What what it might look like in Muncie for a young man on a, within a football or basketball program versus what it might look like for a, 
a young man that's uh, out in Seattle, at the University of Washington, you know, two different, two different markets uh, and how companies or corporations might view uh, uh, their, you know, what the name, image and likeness it would be like or even their their market value, the individual's value uh, versus what it might be here and how uh, how that will all go about. So I think all that's intriguing. But I think underneath all of that, the, the scope is that you're building a brand the time you step on a campus. Um, as you make the transition from high school, when you sign that letter of intent and people start to really gain understanding of who you are, this great player from high school to college, uh, all of a sudden the scope is on you now, the transition you've made, how you're performing not only on the field, uh, but in the classroom. And I think even more so, you're, you're, you, you can really build a brand by your involvement in the community. I think today more than ever, as I mentioned that. So uh, I think that's an interesting scope. But who who would have thought we would be at this point, Scott? We would be here right now being able to have this dialogue. And uh, these discussions are, are, are so relevant around not just college athletics, but what's what's taking place in our country. So, um, again, I'm just appreciative that you've given me an opportunity to uh, be able to spend some time with you and talk talk through it all. So I mean. And, and change is inevitable, right? Because if you start, if you stop changing and evolving, you might as well start dying, right? And so, like, you either get on the train or you're going to get left behind. And you know, name, image, likeness was, you know, something that I heard about ballooning when I was in in school. Um, I graduated I played from 09 to 14, and right. and I think it's you know it's very unique in the fact that you know college athletes are going to be able to start monetizing their brand. Um, you know, there's companies that, you know, are producing platforms to help the athletes build their brand. Um, you know, one thing that I wanted to touch on with you today, because, you know, with Check, we, we serve as the distribution model, but we also mm -hmm. think there's a huge gap in the way that athletes are educated on finance. And so mm -hmm. I'd love for you to touch on, you know, either how you guys currently handle that or where you would like that to see that go to make sure that athletes are responsible for their mental health, their financial, um, you know, uh, literacy as they're going to be able to start to really earn capital on their name, image and likeness. So I, I this is this is a great conversation, man. Yeah. I, I was on a, a Zoom call with five of my former teammates at Auburn last night. We, we do this but like uh, once, uh, I don't know, once every, 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 actually we've been doing it the last few Wednesdays. Okay. And so having this discussion um, around some ideas and things that we're, we're starting to think about to do together as a group, um, just speak from our experience that we had and you know how we can help the next generation of young, young people. And one of the things that I said was, think about when we were in school, uh, you know, um, Champs life skills, student athlete development has become a, a a a very important piece to most departments. You've got the academic services, but you got the student athlete development where they they're trying to take the holistic approach of how you develop a young person outside of the field of competition, uh, outside of the academics, and really teach them skills or make sure that they're involved in discussions uh, with people with certain skill sets or that have certain expertise that can come in and talk to them about things they should be doing as they transition out of college. Um, one of the most important pieces to that is the financial side of it, because you know, there are a lot of young people that get the, you know, the cost of attendance, they get financial aid, they get this money. Uh, and the assumption is that they're going to be okay for the semester or the year. Um, and I think there are a lot of departments uh, that, that, that may not always be thinking about, 
the financial approach, financial literacy, as you and I discussed, and yeah. how we probably teach them. Is there a way to save a portion of that? Um, do they create a, a zero based budget for themselves and how they would actually spend per month? Yep. <laughs> like we have in my household, uh, my wife, <laughs> my financial advisor, you know, understanding what that means to spend uh, spend a certain amount of money a month or, or, or a week per se, because of the fact that so much is taken care of within this experience that they gain. Uh, we have not uh, we have not approached that today, but we are having discussions about how we bolster or enhance what what our uh, student athlete development area would look like. Uh, Take flight is a program. I've got a call. I got a colleague of mine. Uh, she's she's fantastic. Uh, Dr. Karen Lee, who's been here for I think 13 years, who has created a a plan uh, for us to be able to uh, take set you know certain entities or certain segments uh, and how we would assist our student athletes around uh, interviewing for jobs, uh, around resume building, around financial activities or pieces where we bring people in and talk through uh, those kinds of uh, topics. Just because we realize that so many of them uh, may not have had the opportunity to gain understanding of what that would look like uh, and, and understanding how important it will be once they leave uh, Ball State uh, and they go to what we all say is the real world. Um, but to that point, I think it is probably another hot topic in the amount of money that they're receiving, let alone what happens with you know uh, NIL, name, image, and likeness, as he's, if there's an opportunity for them to monetize that as they're getting this, what does that mean? Um, there are a lot of ways that we could probably do it if, if we were if, if, if there was a way. And I've heard a lot of college coaches say, think about the amount of revenue that's being bought in at a lot of your power five schools. Uh, is there a share in that for some of these young people? And when do they get it? Um, yeah. is it when they graduate. Is it is, you know, you reach the pinnacle. The pinnacle is graduation. If you come to college, that's yeah. the you graduate from college with a degree. You've done it the right way. You had a chance to walk across the stage and get something that can ever, ever be taken away from you. We both know money comes and goes, but if we're smart enough to educate, um, I think that's where uh, we we are. Uh, we you know we feel good. I mean, there's nothing more not, nothing more of a better feeling than me to do what I'm doing right now with you, a young man that I had a chance to spend time with as a student. That that in my mind, he's got an entrepreneur type skill set. You know, he's always thinking about a way to grow and develop, uh, and how he can bring other people you know to that because of what he taught. You know, reach one, teach one. Right. It's the ah. that I have. So when we were having this discussion last night to bring this conversation full circle with a couple of my teammates, you know, the first thing that came up from from me was, hey, you know, think about the experience we had. We never had anybody teaching us this. If we did go down the road of thinking about, you know, investments and how we can get involved in community real estate, what are we going to do with that? Are we, yeah. we want to teach our young children how to have success uh, and how we can build something for them, a legacy. But but I'm more interested in the young people that 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 probably don't get this on a daily daily basis. And a, and a lot of young men come from different backgrounds that look like us. Yeah. Uh, you know, may come from single parent homes where they didn't have the or extenuating circumstances where they didn't have that support. So it's our job to be able to share that, teach and teach that skill set um, for them to be able to carry and, and, they, and they, not only the diploma, but now they've got this skill set. That they've had that helped them build and that we've educated them on at least for a way to start. So and, and think um, about this, right? You know, we're going to be promoting student athletes. We're going to be helping them build a digital footprint that's stronger than 
99% of the folks out there in the real world, they're going to get the eyeballs. But if we're actually able to go ahead and teach and educate and coach on some of the fundamental pillars of life. Um, oh, I love it. I'm on a podcast. You're good. <laughs> it's my boss just talking to me. Oh, hello, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, my no, boss. You're totally, no, you're totally head head She's calling football. We got all this stuff going on. So I'm back on, man. <laughs> no, you're totally good, man. And and this is just goes to show everybody and all of our listeners that look at Haven is taking time out of a busy day, you know, while trying to figure out what the heck is going on to to share some yeah. thoughts with us. So um, yeah, no, it's, it's it's the day in the life of uh, of what I guess is a a deputy AD or what I what I say to our athletic director Beth Guess. I'm her general, so yeah. always cool to be able to. In real time, she's sticking her head in. You know, we we had something that we need to to correct with our football program and. Literally, she just came in and let me know I'm doing this now. So, <laughs> so, so to go ahead and to complete the thought real quick there, right, and go back to it, right, and you know, as we're building these social brands for athletes, you know, we think that it is imperative to to start to teach real world applicable skills to now yes, actually disseminate that information out to the people that are viewing it, right, and so, um, you know, it's going to be very messy. It's going to be very uh, you know, there's a lot of unwinding that I think is going to have to be done with the way traditional um, rules are set up. But again, you know, if we're able to go ahead and take our learned experiences um, and now start to coach and guide these athletes, that's ultimately the the future of our country. It's the future of our organizations. And so, um, you know, Haven couldn't be happier or more thrilled to to get some of your input and advice on, you know, how you got here, you know, what you guys are currently working on. And, you know, the, it wouldn't be a true checkpoint if we didn't talk about where you guys are going. And so, um, you know, you've been in this industry for 15 plus years now. Um, where do you see the NCAA going over the next three to five years without putting your foot in your mouth or getting in trouble? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's great. You know, to start from the the top of that question, what I'll say, you know, how I got here, I, I think is, you know, it's it's important for me uh, to give give all the credit and praise uh, to my Lord and Savior, but also to my mother. You know, I think yeah. I think the fact that I was raised by a single mom, um, you know, and and a, and a, and a woman who uh, raised me and my, my younger sister, uh, my baby sister, my only sister. Uh, you know, watching somebody work that hard has to drive you to do something. Yeah. Uh, Doesn't then then there's something that that's obviously taking place with you that you can't. Uh, you may not be able to get to, but I, watching my mom, uh, in the sense of the way she worked to provide, I knew at some point in high school when I figured out that this might help me uh, get to the next level and want to play college football, that I needed to I needed to make sure that I was focused and that I took that craft very seriously because I didn't want her to have to feel like there was anything that she would have to do for me. Um, and I think I've always had that same mindset Scott, when it comes to work, uh, yeah. substitute for it, as you know. So if you yeah. can, if you're able to do that and if you're able to, to really push, uh, you know, and, and just build um, and, you know, just perfect your craft and whatever it might be. Um, I think it's so important uh, to make sure that you're finding ways to do that. But you're always you're finding ways to grow every day and learn new things, which, again, I'm proud of you for continuing to, uh, you know, turn for new leaves and, 
you know, find ways to, to, to get involved in projects and obviously find ways to expand that and meet people that give you an opportunity to, to grow. So, um, you know, I, I had the same mindset, even where I sit right now, as you say about where we are, where we're headed at Ball State and then talking about the NCAA, taking this opportunity to work for that young woman that just walked in the office. It's not like I knew her before I took this job, um, but I knew right away when we had a chance to meet, we had one thing in common. And at the top of that, I think this was the thing that matters the most. And I have to think about this every day I come in office. How do I make sure I expand uh, the experience for our student athletes? How do we make sure they have the best experience possible? That has to be on my mind every day. In particular, right now, right? We have yep. to give them a really unique experience because they're not they're not competing at this time. So we're trying to be as strategic and as creative as possible around what this experience looks like. Um, as far as where we're going, you know, we have a strategic plan in place called Onward that that focuses on quite a few pillars tied to competitive excellence, academic success, uh, culture and tradition, uh, financial responsibility, uh, all the things that we want to make sure that we provide uh, for our student athletes. Um, all those components I mentioned, you know, around, you know, obviously the academic success goes without saying we want to be want to be extremely good in, in the classroom. We want to be great. And just this past semester, uh, you know, we had a 3.25 GPA for all our programs. It was the first time that our, you know, when you when you think about the overall department, you know, we had several, we had four or five teams with, with 4.0 GPAs, uh, you know, as a team, you know, there, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of excitement around the fact that we're building, you know, and we're assisting on the academic achievement, you know, competitively, we all want to win, right? Yep. We all to be extremely good at you know you know within every sport um and, and i think we're heading in that direction i think it's tough when you know you're going to have a really good football program coming back but you can't play well you got 17 starters back you got a pause and um you got Welcome a chance to the real world right <laughs> <laughs> trying, to, trying to reset you know in a basketball program that returned you know uh four starters and th there's just a lot of excitement around a lot of our sports um i think the uh, the other piece of this is, is, you know, how we engage the community. I mentioned that to you earlier. Um, and we continue to do so, not just within athletics, but, you know, the president, you know, he's an extraordinary servant leader for that matter, Jeffrey Mearns. And he created an initiative within the community where we were tied to the Muncie City Schools, uh, where we had programs within that, uh, where we allowed students to come in and we, you know, it was a bilingual school where we would teach them a second language uh, and giving them a chance to learn uh, giving them a chance to bring them to campus. There is a, it's unbelievable to think about how we've invested in schools uh, financially uh, and, and, and able to be able to share that within the community, working with community leaders to bridge the gap and what, what may be taking place within Muncie. You think about uh, the fact of what we've had going on as a country with yeah. all the social injustice, you know, with all the, 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 the hate uh, where we should be more unified. Um, you know, we've got a, a young woman by the name of Marsha McGriff, who's our associate VP for diversity and inclusion that are setting up workshops and training with our trainings with our sheriff's department, you know, around uh, diversity and, you know, their approach when they're dealing with people of color and just how do we bridge the gap and how we're having these discussions. Uh, those are real conversations and real things that are, you know, taking place. Actions take actions happening right now, uh, which is, which is exciting for me um, to see. Um, so, so, so a lot of excitement. Again, I think the 
to bring it all, you know, bring it all together, you know, working with a university that uh, is forward thinking. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, concern around COVID, but we're planning to move forward with, with classes on Monday. Um, and we'll see how it goes. I, th I think we're all optimistic, but we know that uh, this pandemic is, uh, you know, it's a battle right now. You know, it's no, no, no. It doesn't discriminate against anyone. Right? <laughs> that, that is exactly right, man. That is that is exactly right. And and all you listeners out there, man, you guys got to know that, you know, if you take a couple things away from this, uh, this segment with Haven, one, this guy will outwork anybody that comes on the screen, that comes in the building. Um, when it comes time to, to get it done, he's not only about talking about it, he's about making it happen. And so, um, you know, if you do find yourself in a rut or you don't like the way things are going, just know that you can listen to this. You can reach out to Haven, to myself. Um, there are there are people that are putting their head down, that are doing the work um, to genuinely make this world a better place than you know than the day before and and the world that we absorbed. And so, um, you know, Haven, as, as we wrap up the podcast here, uh, you, you've dropped some absolute gems and some insights into uh, what is going on in the world of college football, college athletics. Um, but I'd like to ask one more question for our listeners, and and that's it. If you could tell our listeners one thing that you've done in your life that you would recommend they do or experience in theirs, what would that be and why? That is uh, that's a great way for us to uh, end this podcast. You know, I and this is a I'm, I'm sharing this one. You know, I guess it's uh, it's really personal to me. Um, I started journaling or before my wife and I had my first our first child. Um and it, it did a lot for me um, in the sense that I was able to write. I was actually writing for eight months to my my son, Haven, Field, Haven Cornelius Fields Jr. I wrote to him for eight months. Um, and that taught me a lot about me and, and the way I wrote, the things that I was thinking about, uh, the things that I wrote down to share with him, to be able to give to him at some point as a way for him to read and understand how I was trying to give him thoughts and advice uh, on things that he should be thinking about. And I was trying to think about segments in my life when I was an adolescent or when I was a teenager or when I became, when I thought I became a man anyway, <laughs> so, uh, things that took place, uh, mistakes that I made that I wanted him to think about ways he could avoid them because you know that we, we all, we're all going to make mistakes where none of us are perfect. Um, and it just, it was really thoughtful in the sense that it allowed me to continue doing so. Um, and I think it, it as you write, and you think about your days and you think about ways for you um, to find a way to to connect with people. Uh, you think about you think about, uh, yourself and how you can really develop your skill set. If you're writing things down that you're good at, you're not good at things that are happening in your day. I think it just gives you a chance to reflect on how you might be able to grow, how you might be able to help others. Um, and a lot of the writings got turned on not only me writing things that happen that are going on with, you know, at the time with my son, but continuing that, writing things that were going on with me or typing things up in my phone. Um, but it also allowed me to think about how I might be able to help others in conversations that I had or things that they share with me, I could write down and come back to. Um, and so that was something that I, that's something that I recommend. I think really gives you an opportunity to expand on your thoughts um, you know, and, and, you know, I, from that set, from that deal, I created what I call think tank sessions. So I office now. So from the, from the journaling, there's times I block off for about 30 to 45 minutes where I actually sit and think, um, strategically, 
Um, I'm thinking about personal, professional things that I could do to get better. And just giving me a chance without phone calls, without emails to just sit and think. And I guarantee you when you're just able to sit down and whether it's meditation or just having these think tank sessions is what I call them. Um, it gives you um, more thoughts about how you can probably not expand on your skill set again, as I mentioned, but how you might be able to help others, uh, how you might be able to go outside of your craft of what you're doing to really reach your purpose. Uh, so that, that's what I would mention right now. Um, and the reason as to the why um, I realized that as I was doing these things, how this was not going to only touch me, but it would touch others because they would get the best of me, uh, get the best of who I am. Uh, I'm energized by being around people. So if I could be around people and not only give them my energy, but give them my thoughts and things that I had a chance to think through that might be able to assist them. Why should not do that? Whew. I just got to tell you that the second guest on this podcast has some big shoes to fill, man. Um, Haven, this has been an absolute pleasure. I appreciate your time and giving us an insight into Ball State and the life of Haven Fields. Um, and from your friend and to my mentor, um, thank you. Keep fighting the good fight. And, uh, you know, we'll be excited to see what comes on the spring of 2020 for, uh, for your guys' uh, football and, and the rest of your sports. If you figure it out, you let me know what's coming. Ah, I'll be the first to call. <laughs> Have a great day, Haven. Thank you again. Thanks, 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 Scott. Appreciate it, man.